everyone's always looking to see, you know, who's getting ahead and what are they doing to, to get a, uh, you know, to get a, a, you know, an edge. And when you're that provider in that, in that vertical, providing that, that value, word will get around about you. And that helps to support all of the sort of the growth in the marketing uh, that you're doing to promote your business. All of a sudden you are not only able to build credibility and differentiation, but you're also able to create that positive word of mouth that makes the sales process that much easier. This is Digital Marketing. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you'd be focused on to the cutting edge tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Corey Quinn of Corey Quinn Inc., who has a 25-year-long career in sales and marketing with a focus on helping agencies scale. He was also the CFO of an agency that went from $20 million to $150 million, uh, which is actually, you know, like stage three scaling uh, here, according to uh Scalable, uh, our partner company. And I'm very excited to talk to you about, uh, you know, how to go from a generalist, which I think most agencies are, to a specialist in vertical yep. markets. And I think that's going to be huge. So welcome, Corey. Thank you, Mark. I'm super excited to be here. And I love this topic. So looking forward to our conversation. Oh yeah, well, I think this topic is is like hyper relevant because what I'm I'm kind of predicting and what I, you know the, everybody I talk to is predicting is is a major shift in the market. You know, not just from AI, but we have a lot of economic factors, a lot of political factors. Just the whole world's kind of getting shaken up. So I think it's it's perfect timing for people to really reexamine their agencies and say, hey, where do you want to be? Because you're going to need to shift or not be around anymore. Uh, yeah. So let's start there. What What is, you know, specialization uh, compared to generalization in marketing? Sure. So I would say after interviewing you know, dozens and dozens of agency owners and being in the agency space for over 15 years directly, um, what I've learned is that a lot of agencies start off as generalists. You know, it's kind of the founder going out, putting, you know, hanging out a shingle and starting to work with clients. And really at, the, at, at that stage, that very early stage, it's going to be um, you know, reaching out to friends and family, your your professional network, your college, you know, the, the your your alumni group, and saying, hey, you know, I'm I'm a I'm an agency now, and you know, send me some business. And I think that's a that's a great way to start an agency. What I've found, what happens over time as that founder, that generalist, sort of, uh, and to define a generalist here, backing up a second, generalist in this context means um, an agency that maybe does you know, digital marketing, SEO, PPC, uh, but they work with businesses of all shapes and sizes. And so um, they, uh, they don't, they don't specialize in a vertical. And so what ends up happening over time as they get more successful is uh, they, number one, sales become um, difficult to, uh, to create predictably. Um, obviously when you market to everyone, you're marketing to no one. And that, that, that shows up in the sales client churn begins to, um, hurts your ability to grow. And that's caused by maybe your clients are going or leaving you to go to a specialist, someone who works, uh, an agency who works specifically with that type of business. And then the third thing that typically happens with these generalist agencies is that they're unable to innovate. You, you, you talk a lot about AI, you talk a lot about all this change. And 
when you have a generalist agency approach, you uh, you end up living in this sort of reactionary world where there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of like all the meetings, all the work is very synchronous. You have to uh, you know you have to do a lot of custom work all the time because every single client is kind of different, right? And so as a result of that, it makes it very difficult to create uh, systems and when we're talking about things like generative AI and ChatGPT, and these things are disruptive, potentially very disruptive to agencies, well, those agencies that are too busy trying to put out client fires are unable to really stay ahead of that curve and be proactive. Oh, I, I love all of that. Well, and, <laughs> and actually, your your statement about you know agencies being reactionary, and that's and I don't yeah. think it's just agencies. I think it's most companies are just reactionary, True. where you know you get to a certain level and then you start to cruise, and then you start to you know just be kind of comfortable, and then you mm-hmm. don't pay attention to what's changing. And because you're involved, for me, when I had my agency, my original was like twenty four industries. Like I worked within 24 industries. So it's like, you you can't even compete in terms of the amount of knowledge that a specialist would have because you're focused on 24 of them. How correct? That's just not possible. And so from a, you know, scaling standpoint, it's not going to work from a knowledge Mm -hmm. standpoint, it's not going to work. And so they just plateau and then they right. stop. So, so let's talk about that. So if I am a generalist agency and I'm like, yeah. okay, well, I want to be a specialist. I work with two dozen industries. How do yeah. you how do you help them select which one they should be a part of? Great question. So the benefit of having a lot of reps and a lot of clients uh, over a period of time is you have a lot of really great data on what type of clients really work well with you and your team and your system. So the way I approach it is you look at it from a quantitative perspective. You look mm-hmm. at um, who, which vertical market, let's assume that you uh, group your clients into vertical markets uh, and you look at, well, who do we have the most experience with? Which vertical do we, do we um, have we been with uh, the longest? Um, which ones sign the longest contracts? Which ones have the best retention rates? Like you really look at the numbers of the business on a vertical by vertical basis. And then you also want to look at it from a qualitative perspective, because a really big factor in the success of focusing in on a vertical, especially as an agency, is that you really have to, for lack of a better term, you really have to like these people. You have to get along with them. You have to really genuinely care about their success. And so um, you have to, uh, the way you get there is you ask your salespeople, like, who do you really like selling to? Who do you, who do you have a, you know, a deep rapport with? You ask your, you also ask your client success teams, like who do you enjoy working with on a vertical by a vertical basis? And as the founder, you also, in fact, it's really important for you to really uh, like like this group and really want to be a part of helping them to, to evolve and get to the next level. And then the third thing that is really important is once you've gone through all this analysis and you look at all your, you know, all your clients, your book of business, you you can narrow the list. Let's say you narrow the list down to one or two potential vertical markets. What you want to do is you want to actually look at the data in the market to validate the fact that they are actually a large enough uh, vertical to focus your business on going forward. If there's not enough businesses to go and sell your agency services to in in a vertical, if it's too narrow, then it's probably not worth pursuing. Mm -hmm. Um, And same is true. If it's too broad, you may want to do some more work around narrowing that that scope a little bit. Oh man, that's a, that's a great answer. 
You know, actually, I would have been happy with just the qualitative because I'm like, yeah, you know, a lot of people don't even look at the numbers and say, hey, here's what's actually making me money. And a lot of times what I think they'll find is that 80 percent of their money is probably coming from a single market. And so that's going to give you a lot of direction. But then you added the the qualitative, which is the qualitative is huge. And I think a lot of times, especially in business and and personally, I was the same way where it's like, well, Mm -hmm. if the numbers make sense, then that's fine. It's like, no, your personality, your preferences, Mm -hmm. your whatever's making you passionate about what you do, like all these, you know, kind of abstract concepts have an enormous impact on your ability to serve a market. Well, you know, you can serve a market you hate, it's just mm-hmm. not going to be pleasant and you're not going right. to do as good as somebody who actually likes that market. And so from a competitive standpoint, you shouldn't do that anyways. Even if you Correct. have the discipline to do it, you still shouldn't do it because it's just bad business. When and you then bring third, in, yeah, go ahead, please. <laughs> then you kept on going. You know? And then you said the market data, which is actually another thing because you could have the numbers to support it. You could have the the passion to serve it. But if the market is not going to you know, it's, it's not possible for you to scale to the level you want to get to, then that'll disqualify Correct. it. And you got to start over. But yeah. I, it, great answer. I love all those. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, it, it, just going back to the care piece about it, every single one. So I, I, I interview successful agency owners who've, who've taken a vertical approach and been you know wildly successful. And every single one of them, they say that I chose this vertical in part because I care about the success of these people. Right. And I think that it, it transforms um, it, it evolves the, the the value of the solution you you provide from transactional, which is, hey, this is just a, a market and a number. I'm just going and doing this thing to transformational. You're really helping them to, um, uh, you know, to get to the next level of their of their lives and help to move that industry forward. So it's it is absolutely critical that that piece is there. Oh, yeah. Well, it leads to different types of success, because I think, you know, for the longest time, we've really just qualified money as being the the epitome of success. Like you could buy a lot of stuff and you have a lot of money and you have a lot of power in that regards. But that's just a really basic success. Who gives a crap? Yeah, <laughs> about exactly. that success. You personally yeah. will, will benefit way more from just being passionate that you're helping the people that you mm-hmm. really wanted to help in a way that you really knew you could help them yeah. and then coordinate the whole thing with your business. So now your personal passions become your business passions. That's successful to me. And I think yeah. what you described leads to that. Yeah. And just, just building on that thought, many times as a specialist in digital marketing for a specific uh, vertical, when they come to you, you're going to know more about their business as it relates to growth and marketing than many times that than they do. And that, that ability to help solve big problems in their business without them even asking you to solve them, you're solving profound problems before they're even realized they have those problems. That's when the value of the service that you provide, it goes way through the roof and you're, you're able to um, separate yourself and differentiate yourself in the market uh, from a lot of the generalist um, agencies who just cannot be are not in a position to provide that type of value. Oh, that's fantastic. Hey, everyone. I want to quickly interrupt the podcast for a special announcement. If you're listening to this podcast because you want to become a better marketer, then I want to share with you what I believe to be the most comprehensive digital marketing program on the market today. It's called the Digital Marketing Mastery Certification. You'll learn to leverage the tools and channels to predictably and profitably drive awareness, leads, sales, and referrals. Everything you need to know to become a true master of digital marketing. 
we'll take an in-depth look at the core digital marketing competencies, including content, email, social media, community, digital advertising, data and optimization, and more. After earning your digital marketing strategy certificate, you'll have the tools to effectively reach your target audience through a full scope marketing strategy. Get started today at digitalmarketing.com slash strategy cert. Well, and from uh, being able to execute your plan, you'll be mm. able to convince people of your plan a million times easier because you're going to be super knowledgeable. You'll have case studies. Mm. You'll have examples from yesterday that you could use to explain why this is going to be successful for this business, which means not only are you able to serve the client better because the plan is going to be better, just executing the plan in the first place is going to be yeah. way easier than trying yeah. to convince an industry person that you know more about their industry than they do. And that's why they should listen to you. And so well, that, it solves that, that problem. That brings up the next most important part, which is that one of the inherent benefits of focusing on a vertical market is that there is built-in word of mouth. So if you're focusing and you're going above and beyond creating a massive value for a specific target vertical over a period of time, the people in that vertical will connect with each other. Everyone in that, in, in, it doesn't matter what circle you're in. Everyone's always looking to see you know, who's getting ahead and what are they doing to, to get a, uh, you know, to get a, a, you know, an edge. And when you're that provider in that, in that vertical, providing that, that value, word will get around about you. And that helps to support all of the sort of the growth and the marketing uh, that you're doing to promote your business. All of a sudden you are not only able to build credibility and differentiation, but you're also able to create that positive word of mouth that makes the sales process that much easier. I love that. Well, it helps your marketing. You know, it's, yeah, it's, that's right. Well, that's, that's why most agencies, if you look at kind of broad agencies, like they really, I mean, their social media sucks most of the time. Like you look at the social and it's all broad and generic and really talks about them and what they do more than anything exactly. versus if you have a specialty, all you have to do is talk about industry information. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, guy I'm trying to sell to, I just published this article about the five facets of marketing that are missing in your industry. Yeah. It's, it just is obvious marketing for yourself mm -hmm. and it becomes natural mm -hmm. and it flows and it's not difficult to think of because it's obvious. So I, I think yeah. that's a... That's another huge benefit. I can't. I can't think of a reason why they should stay a generalist. <laughs> well, that's that's why I'm. Uh, that's why I'm super passionate about this because I've seen it firsthand. The work I've done inside of an agency, and then just working with agencies directly, just the profound impact in this approach, and ultimately unlocking the freedoms that an agency owner typically starts the agency for in the first place. Exactly. Okay. So we know why you should be a specialist. Mm -hmm. We know how you could select your specialty and your industry. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. how do you transition from, because you said a $20 million agency to me is kicking butt. Right. <laughs> how, how do you go from that to saying, hey, we could do 10 times, 12 times this amount if we do things right? How, what's that process look like? Sure. So when I joined that company, the name of the company is called Scorpion and they serve, um, when I joined, it was primarily personal injury attorneys and um, you know law, law firms, mostly personal injury attorneys, and they had um, a thousand clients uh, at that time. And the the business was about a hundred employees. The sales team they had a sales team. It was like a, a group of about five guys. They all drove really nice cars. They worked about half, you know, half time and they had just a really great life because the business was really built on inbound marketing. 
every single Scorpion attorney client would get a brand new website and those websites would be op SEO optimized. And that just, uh, and at the bottom of every one of those websites, of course, there was a Scorpion logo and a link back to the site. And so it was really this great um, business where there's a lot of inbound coming in, not no no requirement for outbound. And it was this this sort of this culture of a one call close, right? They had a gong and all this stuff. And it was really yeah. kind of a very fun culture, but the CEO uh, uh, was interested in growing uh, much, much larger. So he brought myself in mm. to um, help to scale up the revenue. And so one of the first things we did was to um, take this inbound program, which was amazing, and complement it with outbound. So what mm. outbound is, is not just obviously waiting for the phone to ring uh, and closing those deals, but it's also um, knowing going into the market, specifically in the attorney market, and actually going out and proactively having sales conversations with people who may who may not be in the sales process yet, right? So you're having these sort of proactive um, uh, conversations. We did that, by the way, and we could talk more about this if you want, but through gift marketing as a first touch. So for an example, we go out, we generate a list of personal injury attorneys across the US and specifically in cities, we didn't have a lot of them in. And we would send the, those attorneys a an amazing box of gourmet cookies as a first touch, not as a sort of a follow up, but as a first touch to kind of warm them up a little bit. So we did that. That's number one. Number two is we really began to get involved in the associations and conferences and began to really understand who the key influencers were in sort of the legal uh, legal marketing industry or the legal uh, law firm industry. Uh, that was number one. Number two, what we did is we actually went vertical into it. We went into another vertical, which was home services. The way we did this, however, was we actually hired a different sales team. We hired a different, uh, on my team, on the marketing team, we hired different um, marketers who were focused exclusively on home services. Because part of the thing that we learned over time is that it's really important for us to be an insider in their world for us to be able to talk about how we can help you to get more jobs as a as a, a plumber versus cases as an attorney. And so we launched a second vertical, which is home services. And then we launched franchise or multi-location businesses and then medical and ultimately figured a way how to go vertical by vertical and repeat the success we had in that original vertical. Oh, man. Well, it sounds... Simple when you say it like, <laughs> but I, I love how you know the last part when you said that you segmented the team to have dedicated marketers and dedicated salespeople. Like I yeah. think that's that's the way to go because if you try to you know split people's attention, it's just it's it's like trying to split your home work life where it's like oh yeah. no I like this at home and I'm like this at work and that's going to make sense. It's like no no you're you all the time. You know, yeah. that's, that's just who you are. So the more you split your attention, the less you're going to focus on anybody, understand anybody, connect Correct. with anybody. It, it's, well, the, the, the big lesson in that for us was we actually started really taking off in home services when we had a, uh, frankly, a legal seller, uh, Travis, his name is T-Rev, call him T-Rev, uh, <laughs> who had, who was always, he was a really you know, great guy, great personality, very friendly and, and was you know, uh, very motivated to to sell and 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 to to do his job, but he was never at the very top of the sales team. He was always kind of right below the, the top. And when we launched Home Services, and we wanted to, to build up that part of the business. We eventually uh, moved him over to sell to Home Services, and the the thing that why that made sense for us was that he actually owned a Home Services business before he started at Scorpion. 
And so as a result of that direct experience, he was talking to his peers, like, you know, in his sales conversations, he was talking to plumbers and roofers and electricians who in effect were his peers. He was able to speak as one of them, which really helped us. And, and as a result of that, he was wildly successful in helping us to get sort of early footing and, and new sales in home services. Today, he actually runs the entire uh, home services sales department, which is 23 people. He's the senior vice president. He's, you know, he's helped us to grow that. But the kernel of, of sort of wisdom in that was that um, we learned in order to really communicate that we understand this market, having a salesperson with a direct background in that industry or that vertical really helps to achieve that. No, that that's huge too. Just the the well, and that's just knowing your people too. And then you yes. you could go with a special or a salesperson who actually had the business before, and now he's able to talk to this industry really well because that's mm -hmm. where his you know process you know that's where he knows everything. That's his base knowledge. Yeah. And so that's that's an enormous tip right there, mm -hmm. where you might have the people you need to actually execute this program, where you're starting to you know kind of silo go vertical with individual spaces, yeah. and you get to test out a few. And you can see where people fit. I, I, exactly. I think the whole process is genius. Now it is, that yeah. is a different level. And we do have a lot of smaller companies in here. Know, yes. <laughs> so if you have yeah. a smaller agency, say, you know, one that's doing $500,000 and they sure. have, they're, they're 24 different industries. How would you recommend mm -hmm. that that person, you know, starts to, to narrow in on, sure. you know, or not, not, not why or, or which one it should be, but make that transition from broad sure. to narrow. Well, best case scenario, they have they have a small group of already of clients who are already existing in that vertical, right? So that gives them the ability to um, create case studies and testimonials and a lot of evidence that the the current clients in that vertical are getting a tremendous amount of benefit. Uh, and so once they've identified that vertical, um, then it's about um, I'm a big fan. So we do three things. Number one is inbound marketing, which is making sure that um, that your your agency's uh, brand offer message is in front of that vertical buyer anytime they're in the buying process, right? So that's on search and it's with content, all these type of things. Um, but actually, let me step back for a second. One of the benefits, one of the benefit of, of having a vertical focus is that it becomes wildly obvious which lists to buy, which conferences to go to, what type of content to create. Like as you said earlier, like it becomes very, very easy to know exactly where to deploy your sales marketing resources. So with that in mind, when you're doing inbound marketing, you can be very specific to that vertical. You can have that messaging specifically tailored to the problems that are unique to that vertical. So that's sort of inbound. The outbound piece is really, now that you are targeting, let's say orthodontist or whatnot, it's about going out and getting a list, developing a list and um, knowing where those businesses are and then actually starting to do that outbound piece. Um, if you are a uh, sort of a, um, a smaller agency or an agency just starting off um, in the first couple of years, um, sending gifts can be expensive. So another tactic that I've seen a lot of agencies be successful with, and I've also been successful with this, is launching a podcast mm -hmm. uh, for that industry, specifically for that industry. And it's an interview style podcast where you can actually invite folks who you would otherwise like to sell to to on your podcast, give them a platform to share their story and their vision and help to promote them. And by doing that, it takes a cold call into a warm call where you are having a sort of potential sales conversation um, after you've already established some rapport and trust with them. 
that's another low cost way of doing that. And I've seen that again, be very successful. Uh, so that's outbound. And then the third one is um, relationship-based marketing, which is in any vertical, uh, there are conferences, associations, there are thought leaders and, and, and uh, connectors and mavens and all these people who have a lot of influence over the market. And so what you want to do is you want to start to build relationships with those key players in the market so that you can accelerate the amount of trust that you're able to build in that industry and ultimately accelerate new sales. That's fantastic. That's, that's such an easy <laughs> process, yeah, you know, because yeah. a lot it. of people overthink it, but I think, you know, yeah. what you're talking about doing is essentially doing the footwork, getting mm-hmm. involved in the industry, participating with the events, finding out who the thought leaders are. And all this is just, you know, downloading some podcasts and then using the yeah. podcast, which, you know, to me, I always tell people that's the easiest content creation method, but it's 100%. also, we've had tons of people on here saying, Hey, here's, here's the prospecting method using podcasting, Great. but you're doing what we always tell it to, which is giving value up first, giving mm-hmm. quick wins, you know, giving people this, uh, you know, what they're looking for right off the bat, not trying to go yeah. through the whole convincing process. It's like, no, they'll think you're the expert because you have a podcast on the topic yes. and you're inviting them in. <laughs> like, yes, It's obvious and easy right. and simple, yeah. but it all starts yeah. with picking that industry. So Correct. that's the thing. That's narrow. You can't do this in 20 it. industries. It's impossible. No, you're, you're not going to get anywhere in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Or it's going to take forever, you know, right. and that's yeah. kind of, and what's funny is I went through this process with my, my original agency it was called making my mm-hmm. websites. And then I, I realized that, oh man, you know, doctors let me build websites and they don't give a crap what I do. They just want it to look nice. They want it to function and we're good to go. So that was mm-hmm. perfect for me. Cause I was like, well, I know what you need. Cause I've designed hundreds of these. So yeah, here's what you need. Don't mm-hmm. give me suggestions. Don't give me advice. <laughs> Don't give yeah. me opinions at all because I'm making yeah. it work. And that's why you hired me. So that's, exactly. uh, that's the process I want to, but for me, that took five years of stumbling mm-hmm. around before I was like, you know what, if I just find a niche, I could probably do a lot better. Uh, so I'm going to save everybody the time and tell you everything <laughs> that Corey said works <laughs> and just do it. And yeah. tell, talk to us in 12 months or 24 yeah. months exactly. and be super successful and happy and yeah. be thanking Corey for it. So yeah, that said, <laughs> Where can people learn more about you? So I have a book coming out that goes through the five steps that we covered today. It will be out in October. I'm not sure when this is airing. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. But in the meantime, uh, I have a newsletter where you can hear from me on an ongoing basis with tips and ideas on how to go from a generalist to a specialist. You could sign up today by going to my website, which is coreyquinn.com slash newsletter. And that's C-O-R-E-Y-Q-U-I-N-N.com slash newsletter. It is a, a daily newsletter. And trust me, people love it. They don't uh, they don't feel like it's too much. It's a one-minute read and it's very, very impactful. So if any of these topics are interesting to you, I'd love to have you on the email list. Fantastic. And we'll be sure to include that link in the description as well if you're looking Thank for you. it. Uh, well, this has been great, Corey. I really appreciate your time. I really yeah. appreciate what you're doing. I think you're you're spot on with uh, you know the future of marketing. Uh, so you're really giving people a leg up, and we appreciate your involvement in the community. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. And thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer. Digital Marketer. 
Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.